Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. God bless. It's great to have you with us tonight. And um, I've been loving this series as we've been going through the book of Colossians. Uh, I've been calling it the preeminent series. That means to be above all. And uh, Colossians 1.18 says that he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence, that he would be preeminent in our lives. He is preeminent. He is above all. But he desires for us to put him in that place of preeminence. So if you haven't caught any of the uh, the other uh, or messages, uh, it goes back to the first one with uh, just called preeminence or first uh, preeminent first preeminent I choose you preeminent making it big last week uh, it was preeminent having daily victory and today uh, we're going to be going a little bit uh, beyond uh, where we were last week with this having daily victory we had started with victory over sin victory over our flesh and temptation and today we want to we want to talk about victory in our life, and I'll see how far I get. I might uh, get into that last part of victory over the enemy and his lies. So, uh, if you have your Bibles, if you can turn with me to Colossians chapter one, and even as we go there, uh, I want you to know that uh, so many of the verses, as you go through Colossians one and throughout Colossians, it says, "In Him." or by him, or in Christ. There's this thing because of him and the power that is part of who Jesus Christ is, as he is preeminent in our lives, we have amazing things that are possible for us. Last week, I loved uh, the, the message, the revelation of the Lord uh, as he was speaking uh, to me through his word, it was just powerful. If you didn't catch the, uh, last week's message, make sure you go there. Share it with somebody else. Send it to somebody else uh, and let them have an opportunity to hear that message from last week called uh, Having Daily Victory or Preeminent Having Daily Victory. Let's just bow our heads and pray. Lord, we just thank you for this day, for your faithfulness and your goodness. And we thank you for the desire that you have to be preeminent in our lives because your heart and desire, Lord, is for much to be done, not just on us, but through us, that you would receive all the glory. Lord, you want us to have fullness of life. And today, as we get into your word, I pray that there would be a speaking into the heart and life of every single one that is hearing in Jesus' name. Lord, that all the things of distraction, all the lies of the enemy, and all the things of, of what's going on around would be put aside, Lord, as they focus in on who you are and your word to them tonight, that they can have life, to have fullness of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to read from Colossians chapter 1, verse 21, or verse 21 and, uh, and then we're going to be jumping to the uh, second chapter to verse 11. But I just want to read verse 21 of that first chapter. It says, And you, that's us, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. Reconciliation has to do with relationship. We have relationship with him. In the body of his flesh through death. So because of what he did for us and dying for us, to present us holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. So we are, we are standing before the Lord, holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight because of what he did on the cross 2,000 years ago. If, now this is the, the punchline, and to me is, is key to uh, putting the Lord first and preeminent, and also to have all the blessing and benefit and power available as we do this next verse. It says, if indeed, if you want to be presented holy and blameless and, and above reproach in his sight, if indeed you continue in the faith, 
What faith? Faith in Jesus Christ and him crucified, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel. The gospel is Jesus Christ and him crucified, which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. So if indeed we continue in the faith. So today we're going to see how that impacts us uh, in our, uh, our lives to have victory in life. So last week we talked about victory over sin and victory over our flesh and temptation. And there's sort of an interweaving uh, of these passages and, and these ideas uh, that are coming, the reality of these, these verses. Uh, so there's an interweaving all around the aspect of our faith and what our faith is in and who our faith is in and that Jesus Christ is preeminent, that he would have the pre preeminence in our lives. So let's turn to Colossians chapter 2, verse 11. We're going to jump into this right away, uh, and we'll see how far we get. Um, so from verse 11, it says, In him you also you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. This was last week's lesson or message. Buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised with him through faith, through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And we're going to really key in on this verse 12. And we're going to be comparing this verse 12 uh, and, and uh, 13, especially with Romans chapter 6, verses 1 to 14. So we're going to be going between Colossians 2 and over to Romans chapter 6. So if you want to get your a Bible open to that spot as well, and just uh, put a... Uh, uh, your finger in there so you can flip over to Romans chapter 6. So let me read 12 again, verse 12. Buried with him in baptism, and we'll, get, we'll figure out, we'll get to know what that is, in which you also were raised with him through faith. So we were buried with him, and then we were raised with him, with Christ, through faith in the working of God, in the power of God, who raised him from the dead. And you... Being dead in your trespasses and all the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Praise God. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumph triumphing over them in it. In what? in what he did for us on the cross in his death. All right. So buried with him in baptism. Are, are we talking about water baptism here? Is this, is this what it's talking about? Uh, let's turn to Romans chapter 6 from verse 1. And uh, so we want, we're talking today about having not just victory in life. Victory is, is it talks about maybe overcoming and, and, and uh, a battle or whatever. But I'm talking even more than that is to have fullness of life, to be full of life. And so uh, as Jesus is preeminent in our lives, we can have fullness of life regardless of what we're going through and regardless of, of the, the, what's going on around us to have fullness of life. So... Um, Romans chapter 6 from verse 1. I want to get into this, and it's talking about being baptized or buried with him in baptism. And, and we'll see if this is water baptism or not. Uh, so from verse 1, Romans 6, 1, it says, what, sh what shall we say then? And the previous passages were talking about the grace of God. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as, a, as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? It's a question. Don't you know that, that as we were baptized into Christ Jesus, we were baptized into his death? So that we're not talking about water baptism here. We're talking about spiritually being baptized into Christ's death, and that only by faith. It says, 
back in Colossians 2, verse 12, it says, Buried with him in baptism, in which you were raised with him through faith. It is by faith in Jesus Christ and his death for us. And we're going to see this as we go on through uh, Romans chapter 6. So we are not talking about water baptism. We are talking about the moment you got saved. And we're also talking about not just when you were saved. For me, it'll be 50 years ago that I was saved. But we are talking about today. Today, I'm talking about today being buried with him so we can be raised to life. So do you not know that as many as, uh, of us as were ba baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So we're talking about uh, being crucified with Christ. And as we are crucified with Christ, we are buried, or we, we acknowledge, and we are, there's a spiritual work that is accomplished supernaturally that because of our faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross, we are buried with him in death. All right, so it can only happen by faith. We can't go back 2,000 years ago when Jesus died. He died one time. And so there, this thing of faith is an acknowledgement of that's what my faith is in, Jesus Christ and his death for us, him crucified, all right? So verse 4 says, Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Now, uh, I want to read that verse again because in the King James Version, I like the fact that they put a colon after. And you've talk, heard me talk about this even in the recent past. When you see a colon, it is like an, an equal sign in math. So what, what is on one side is equal to the other side. So a colon is like an equal sign. All right, so what's happening on one side equates to the other side, and it's broken up. So, for instance, 1 plus 1 equals 2, or 2 is equal to 1 plus 1. So both sides are equal, even though there's an expanding, if you would, on one side or the other. So let me read it again, verse 4, Romans 6, verse 4. It says, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, colon. So when we're buried with Jesus through baptism into his death by faith, colon, this is what happens. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. So if we are baptized and buried with, or dying with or dead with Christ and we're buried with Christ, as we do that by faith, we will f we'll see then that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. So there's this thing of, of newness and fullness of life taking place because of our faith in his death and his, his burial. All right? So his death, after that, he was buried, but then he rose again on the third day. So... If we want, if we truly want to have newness of life, do you want newness of life? What is your faith in? Because oftentimes when it comes to newness of life, we're figuring, well, you know, what? I got to do this. I got to do that. You know, if I do this and that and whatever. And the Lord is saying, no, no, no. If you want newness of life, if you want fullness of life, new life, it is by what your faith is in and specifically in his death and burial. And the so the fact that he, he died for us on the cross. So we are buried with him through baptism into his death. That's why Paul says, I was determined you'd know nothing else but Jesus Christ and him crucified. If that's all you know, that single thing will bring you newness of life. In fact, it should be there and it will be there if your faith is in or we are buried with him through baptism into death. Amazing and beautiful. And it's like, could it be that simple? Absolutely, yes. It is that simple. Man, I wish I would have known that as a, as a 
teenager, as a young man, as a young adult, I wish I knew this because it would have made life so much easier. Grab a hold of this. So, by faith, we die, or we died with Christ on the cross. This, this needs to be something that happens daily, and that your faith doesn't change, that it doesn't shift to something else about, like, hey, man, I am so good. Man, I, I'm, I'm reading the word, and, and it's, I, I'm, I'm going to church, I'm helping others, and I'm not saying these things are good, but if your faith be switches from Jesus Christ and what he did for us and switches to how great I am or how good I am and my, my faithful works, we're going to miss out and we're no longer going to have newness of life. We're going to start to have struggles. Trust me. I know. I've been there. I've done that. And to live by faith in Christ and, his, and being buried with him through baptism into death by faith we have newness of life. Just as Jesus was raised from the dead by the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. This daily death, and we need to go there on a daily basis. It needs to be a regular thing that we do. It is necessary. And in it, we do have newness of life. It says we should also walk. We also should walk in newness of life. Now, the thing about a walk and how we walk. We're not, we're, we're talking about the progress that we make, the way that we head in, the direction we're heading in. And, and uh, this word has to do with the regulation of one's life. It's not just all over the place, but there's, there's a, a regulating of, of our life and how, I, I don't know about you, but, um, if, if we struggle with uh, our walk, so what's happening, the reason we're struggling with, with our walk as a believer is because your faith is shifting off of Jesus Christ and him crucified. And so what, what's happening now is there's no more regulation of your, your life, and it becomes a, a, a free-for-all with the old man and the old nature. So when we... When we uh, uh, acknowledge Jesus Christ and his death on the cross for us, where our old man, our old nature, the, th the tendencies that we would, would have had in the past or the, the tendencies even of our flesh are crucified. And so there's a regulating of, of not doing the things that are detrimental to ourselves and to others. Have you ever, uh, there's a, a, a desire, a craving, or whatever it may be for something you know is wrong, and because your faith is in your, your own self to, to, by discipline and willpower to overcome it, you recognize it's just a matter of time before you slip and fall. And so when it comes to walking in, in newness of life, this walking is a, about a regulating of our lives so that it's not an all up and down kind of thing where, where we're going off track in sin. And, and, and doing the things that we shouldn't be doing. And, it's, and there's, there's a, a, a steadfastness about our walk, a regulation. There's also, uh, to, in this word to walk, it's to conduct one's self. To conduct means is, is, to, is our, our behavior is, is appropriate. Our conduct is appropriate, is right. So not only is there a regulating of our, our life so it's not all over the place and I'm sinning and, and then I'm, I'm beating myself up because I, I slipped and fell and, and then, you know, I'm good for a, a short period of time and then I, I, I slip and fall again. I'm beating myself up. That's not regulation. And the conduct, so this thing of walk has to do with our conduct that it's appropriate before the Lord. It also has to do, when it comes to, to living and to walking, it has to do with the way we live and pass our life. So it's, it's over a period of time. It's not just in the moment, but it's over a long period of time that we're in the right place. We're, we're doing the right things. So this word walk, to walk in newness of life, to, to get to a place, it's 
now this newness, this meaning here, and I know I'm getting into meanings here, because a lot of times in the, the English language, you said newness of life. Okay, whatever. Uh, new, I, my, my life is going to change. The, the word newness has to do with the new state of life in which the Holy Pla Spirit places us. So it's a thing that is accomplished not just by you saying, well, you know what, I'm going to change over a new leaf, or I'm just going to try harder, or maybe I'm going to join a group therapy uh, uh, sessions or sessions, or uh, I'm going to uh, uh, start this new program or whatever. It has nothing to do with ourselves. It's a result of the Holy Spirit coming and bringing the newness of life that we can't do on our own. It's a thing of the Holy Spirit, and it comes about by our faith being in Jesus Christ and him crucified, his death. So we are buried. So this aspect of being uh, buried with him through baptism into his death, his death. And, and so our faith is there. So all this is, that's happening is the walk, the regulating, the conduct, the passing of our life, and this newness as, is a result of the power of the Holy Spirit on you that doesn't even have anything to do with you. And this is what I noticed when I went from my faith being in myself and my conduct to my faith being in Jesus Christ and what he did for me once and for all. It was amazing the power of the Holy Spirit upon me. Now, have I arrived? Have I, am I perfect at this point? No. But the Lord is doing a work, and it is such a, a, a blessed state to be in that I don't have to worry about, oh, my goodness, did I do the right thing or not? Or, oh, man, I'm beating myself up. The Holy Spirit is doing a work. So this thing of newness is by the Holy Spirit, a new state of life. And the word life here, newness of life, is the word Zoe. Life is Zoe. Now listen to this. And I've, 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 done, I've mentioned this, this word in the past. It is real. So the life, this newness of life, life is real and genuine. It's not fake. It's not put on. It is real. It is genuine. It's a life that is active and vigorous. So there is stuff happening, and it is, it is vigorous. Like today, my day, I, there were certain things that I knew were going to happen, and there were certain things that I, I had planned to happen, and they didn't happen. And so there had to be changes. And, and so, but there was such fullness of, of activity today and even as I'm recording here at this point in time, it's like quarter to 10 on a Tuesday night. So we're pre-recording. My day was full. And it was full of, of vigor and activity. And so there's a, a, it's, like, it's like, wow. And you recognize this is not me putting something on. It's not me trying to pep myself up and pick myself up and, and say some mantra that, well, you know what, I, I'm just going to keep repeating this mantra to hopefully get me in the right place of mind. It is the power of the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead through God is now doing a work on me for the day. And so I just say, thank you, Lord, for that that this work is being accomplished, this thing of new life. And that's not all. It says, a life active and vigorous, devoted to God. It's like, yes, Lord, I am devoted to you. Blessed. To be blessed by the Lord. I just say, thank you, Lord. This has been a long day. I, I, I'm going on, I'm past 12 hours today of just whatever going on and it's like man i am blessed of the lord i've had a blessed day i'm blessed of the lord in the portion even in this world of those who put their trust in christ this is part of the the meaning of the word zoe in the greek and especially in this context is the portion even in this world right now of those who put their trust in in Christ Jesus. It's like, this is amazing. I have life as I place my trust in Jesus Christ and his death for me. I'm buried in the baptism, buried with him through baptism into death. And it's not just for now, but it says, but after the resurrection to be consummated by new accessions, among them for one being a more perfect body and to last forever. 
So it's not just for now, but it's for even for eternity, to live forever. What a hope. What a hope that we have in Christ. I just say thank you. We're talking not just victory in life. We're talking about fullness of life and beyond today not and tomorrow, but for all eternity. That is what we have in Christ. I just say thank you, Lord. Let me read it again. This is Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, colon, equal sign, so as we are, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the, of the Father, even so, we should walk in newness of life. It's, it's bound to happen, or it's, it has, it will happen. One side is equal to the other. This will happen. Just as Jesus was raised from the dead, we will be raised to newness of life. Praise God. And we should walk in this newness of life. Praise God. Verse 5, Romans 6 verse 5 says, For if we have been united together... In the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. So this united together, and the King James says to be planted together in the likeness of his death, that only by faith. Once again, it's only by faith. We can't go back 2,000 years ago. So we acknowledge this by faith. Jesus, I'm with you. My life is, is, is with you, and I have life because of your death on the cross. It says, certainly, we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Resurrection has to be, has, is, is talking about being raised from the dead, to come to life. Death leading to life. Listen, may I just say this? I'm talking also, not just to the unbeliever here today, but I'm talking to the believer whose faith has shifted. And it's like, man, I'm not walking in newness of life. I'm, I'm struggling in my, my life at this time, my oh my goodness, everything is so dark. Everything, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed and I'm overcome by, by this situation and this thing I'm struggling with and all of these different things. And your faith, yeah, you might be as like, God, where are you? The Lord is saying, hey, I've been there all along. And the work that I accomplished for you to have newness of life, to walk in newness of life, was accomplished 2,000 years ago. Let your faith be in me, what I did for you, because I love you. I want to give you fullness of life. I just say, thank you, Lord. So I would encourage you, my dear brother and sister in the Lord, check out where your faith is in. Is it, is it, in, is it in your own spiritual disciplines of man? Look at, I, I read the word of God daily and I'm praying and I'm, I'm doing all these good things. I'm, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. I speak in tongues regularly. And let not your faith be in spiritual disciplines that you do, but in the one and only finished work that Jesus Christ did for you on the cross and allow the power of the Holy Spirit then to raise you to, to even not just newness of life, but of, of perception an outlook, to have an outlook that is not one of, of a glass that's, that's half empty, but that it is, it is full or half full, if you would. But it, there's a fullness when it comes to life. Praise God. So in Colossians 2, verse 12, let's just jump back comparing to this verse. And I know Romans chapter 6, it's expanding on it. But it says in verse 12, it says, Buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith, through faith, in the working of God who raised him from the dead, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. It's like, thank you, Lord. All the things that I did wrong and all my sins... I've been forgiven. I've been washed clean. The things of the past, present, and future, all of it taken care of as I place my faith in Jesus. And I'm raised from the dead. I'm raised to new life in him. This is beautiful. Our faith is critical for life, for newness of life and fullness of life on a daily basis as a believer. It shouldn't change in Romans 6, verse 6, it says, Knowing this, 
that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. So here now it's saying that even as you, we would go there, and I, I'm talking especially to, the, to you that are struggling with sin and with temptation and whatever, we talked about this last, last week. As we place our faith in Jesus Christ and him crucified, what happens is our old man, our old nature, the, the things that desires that which is wrong and which would, would be detrimental to us and to others is crucified. So when Jesus was crucified, he died. His flesh, physically, he died. Spiritually and, and, and his soul, his spirit and soul were fully alive, but he died physically that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. All our sins were put on Jesus, and that is the reason that he came 2,000 years ago, is to take care of our sin and the dominion of sin in our life, and so that even as our faith is in him and what he did for us, that this old man, this nature, the things that we don't want to do that we do, and the things that we should do we don't do, all those things are taken care of by our faith in Jesus Christ. That we should no longer be slaves of sin. Have you tried? Are you trying to overcome something? And you're trying so hard. And the Lord is saying, by faith, let the old man be crucified as you acknowledge Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ... We believe that we should also live with him. Now, I, I want to I go back to the beginning of verse 6. And, I, and, and I'm going to read these passages from uh, verse 6 all the way to 11. And I want you to know, or I want you to, to, to hear the words about what we should know, what we should believe, and once again, what we should stand on or reckon. And we'll get just to understand what the word reckon means when our faith is in Jesus Christ. So, verse 6, starting from verse 6 again, it says, knowing this, you need to know this, that the, the old, our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. We die with him. We're freed from the, the power and dominion of sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe, so we know this, now we believe that we shall also live with him. So we can, just as he rose from the dead, we can have newness of life. It's by faith. We believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him, over Christ. And likewise, should be evident in our life that sin no longer has dominion over us. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we, so we need to know this. We need to believe this. Recognizing what Jesus did for us, that he died and he rose again. And it says, likewise, also reckon yourselves to, to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. All right, so he's preeminent. Jesus is Lord. He's preeminent in our lives, and our faith is in him, what he did for us. But this word reckon, this word reckon has to do with, with computing, with calculating, with counting, to make an account of or take an account of something. It also has to do with when it comes to an account, a bank account. It's something that's a tangible, if you put something into an account, if I put money into my bank account, it's there, all right? So it's, it's something that's reckoned. It's a reality. To reckon inwardly or to count up or weigh the reasons to, to, to deliberate, so we're, we're, we're contemplating this and we, we're beginning to recognize this, we're beginning to know this, we're weighing all the reasons and whatever, and we're recognizing the reality of it. So, to summarize, and this is from this word reckon, and the word is logi, logizo mehi. 
Legizomehi, all right, in the Greek. This word deals with reality. If I legizomehi or reckon that my bank book has $2,500 in it, it has $2,500 in it. Otherwise, I am deceiving myself. This word refers to facts, not suppositions. So it's, it's a reality. There's a reality about it. To reckon yourselves. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Only in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a reality. Praise God. Praise God. So we got to know this and believe it and then reckon it. Just It's a, it's a fact. It's a reality in your life. You can have you can walk in newness of life, fullness of life. And you, going back to Colossians 2.13, it says, And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he is made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. We were dead in trespasses and sins. And the uncircumcision of our flesh, the body of flesh needed to be cut out. The old man, the old nature, the the flesh, the things that our, our flesh craves and desires, crucified with Christ by faith. Cut off, dead. The body of sin in our flesh that causes us to be dead spiritually and sin having killed us spiritually, that, that body of flesh now is cut off, is crucified, is dead. No more power. And we are made alive together with him. All our, our, our trespasses forgiven by faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work. Made alive together with him. I just say, praise God for that. Forgiven. Listen, if, you've, if you need forgiveness of sins, things of the past that you say, oh, man, it just sickens me, the things that I did in the past. There's such a shame. There's a remorse. There's just a, there's a, you're just overwhelmed with the things of the past that you did. And the Lord is saying, listen, I want you to know I have forgiven you as our faith is in Jesus Christ. You say, Lord, I'm, I'm so sorry of the things of the past. The Lord forgives us and he cleanses us by his precious blood. But look what it says in Colossians 2 verse 14. It says, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Listen, you might say, what requirements? What, what handwriting of requirements was against us? We are talking about every single one of the commandments of God. The Ten Commandments, the other 603 commandments on top of that in the Old Testament, the hundreds upon hundreds of commandments in the New Testament. Listen. These things would stand against us when we, we break the command and we don't do it. And so even breaking one commandment, Satan has legal right to say, hey, God, look at what Dave did. Look at what Dave did. He is guilty. He is guilty. And he says the same thing about you. Every single one of the commands that was broken, Satan comes. He's the accuser of the brethren. And he comes and he would say, God, this person is guilty because they broke your commands. And so these commands are not commands of Satan. They are the commands of God himself. And so we stand before God guilty. And this is where Jesus, where the word says, but having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, that would condemn us, and legally Satan has the right for that condemnation to come against us, and we are guilty. 
but it was all taken away. It says, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. It wasn't just the commands that were nailed to the cross. It was all the condemnation, all the things where we broke the commands and, and the handwritings and the requirements. We broke them and we're guilty, guilty, guilty on every single account. And Jesus took the, the punishment and the consequences upon himself. That is what Jesus did when he went to the cross. It has been wiped out as our faith is in Jesus Christ. Our faith in Jesus Christ and his death for us is the most important thing that we need to have faith in. Because in it and through it, there is life, there is, is fullness of life that is able to come into our existence. And the thing that Satan would use against us, and he has the legal right taken care of, that there's nothing that he can say against me, because my faith is not in myself and my own righteousness. It is in Jesus Christ and what he did for me on the cross. I just say, thank you, Jesus. And there is fullness of life that comes. Do you remember when you first gave your life to Jesus? It was by faith. And immediately there was such a vigor of life that came over you. There was such a... a a thing of fullness that came over you. You just said, oh, I've been forgiven. And you feel so good. And oftentimes it's when we slip and fall, within a short period of time after that, we say, oh, my goodness, I've sinned. And as, am I still saved or not? And Satan would come and say, you're, you're condemned. Look at you, sinned. Let your faith remain in Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross because it takes care of all the things of sin. Not that we would continue. We started off this, this chapter and it was saying, God forbid that we would continue to sin. The power of God, the Holy Spirit, is available to you to help you to overcome even the temptations of life and to warn us, even as temptations would come, that we wouldn't follow down a path of, of sin to sin, but rather that we would do that which is of righteousness and of goodness before the Lord. Hallelujah. That we would have life and fullness of life. It says here in Romans 6 verse 12 it says, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Don't let sin have control in your, in your, your body. That you should obey it in its lusts. So man, I just, I need to do that or whatever. So don't let sin reign or have dominion in your life. How? By faith in Jesus Christ, what he did for us on the cross. But here's this thing is there's a battle that takes place. And there's a, a, a thing that the Lord would have us do in verse 13, Romans 6, 13. It says, do not present your members as instruments of un unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of of righteousness to God, for sin, uh, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. So he's saying, when it comes to having life, that our life and the fullness of life would be not about, hey, I've, I'm catering to my flesh, but rather that I would be doing, it says that our members would be instruments of righteousness to God to do what is right and pleasing and good before the Lord. And we do have a choice. May I just say this? We have a choice. As we started off, it was talking about having that we should walk in newness of life. And so there is a choice in the matter, even as sin or temptation may come our way to, to fall in to the, 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 the trap of temptation and to actually continue on to the point of sinning. Listen, uh, we have a choice in the matter. The Holy Spirit convicts us or would warn us as we are tempted, but God will never stop us from sinning. He, he will never stop us. We have free will. But he's saying, the moment that you choose to say no to sin, I want to do what is right, the Holy Spirit gives us power then to, to do 
that our members are instruments of righteousness to God. Lord, I'm going to do what is right before you. And the Holy Spirit is there to help us. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. I just want to end with a passage from Ephesians chapter 2. And it just sort of summarizes what God did, where we were at before we came to know him. The fact that we, we, had, we were forgiven and we were given life and we were raised up. And then that there should be amazing things of fullness of life given. So Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 1. It says, and you, it's me too, he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. And there's this thing of, oh my goodness, my flesh. I hate the things that I, I crave and I desire and 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 they lead me down a path that is wrong and of destruction to self and, and also of great negative impact to others. But look at verse 4. Listen. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Not, not by anything we, we have done. It's God's grace to us saying, man, I just want to give you life. I want to give you blessing. I want to give you favor. And he raised us up. We've been raised us. He raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Once again, here's that in Christ, in him, by him, and his work that he did for us on the cross. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. And so not just for today or tomorrow or next week, but we're talking for in the ages to come. We're talking for eternity. All that is still ahead of us, that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. And not of works, lest anyone should boast. None of the works that we could ever do. It's not by our effort, but it's totally by who Jesus is and what he did for us on the cross. And our faith is in him. We've been buried together in the baptism of his death. Praise God. So we can have life. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That our life would consist of what he has in store for us. And that it's a fullness of life. It's a, 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 a there's vigor. There is, is and it, just a, a, a beauty of life that the Lord God has for us which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them all through Jesus Christ, created in Christ Jesus for good works, for good things to come to pass. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want to close. And, and for those that are watching tonight, you, are, uh, you just say, man, I wish I could have this fullness of life, that you would place your faith in Jesus Christ. And if you, as a believer, you, your faith has wavered and it's gone to something else, to yourself and how good you are or your disciplines or whatever, your effort, and you're struggling now again, to bring it back to Jesus Christ. And so that there would be an asking forgiveness. And maybe for the believer, Lord, forgive me that I have, my faith has been in myself and so for the, the, the unbeliever or the believer that has strayed off course, let me just pray with you. And if you would pray, pray with me. Lord, in Jesus' name, I need to have life, fullness of life. Life has been so difficult. I have struggled so much. 
I struggle with sin. I struggle with temptation. I struggle with the consequences of, of these actions and these behaviors and the decisions that I've made. And it's, it's destroying me and it's destroying those that would be close to me it's, or it's impacting those. And Lord, so I confess. I have sinned. I have, my faith has been in myself and it's been about myself. It's been about my effort. It's about what I want. Forgive me, Lord. Jesus, I have heard tonight, it is by faith in you and your death that as I would acknowledge that, as I would believe it, as I would stand on that, it is at that point that I can begin to walk in the newness of life. I need newness of life. And so, Lord, I just place my faith in you, Jesus, and in what you did for me on the cross because you loved me so much. And I am with you in, in burial, to be buried with you. And Jesus, just as you rose from the dead, I believe that. And I desire to have new life in you, to be raised to new life. Just as you were raised, I say yes to that. Give me new life. Jesus, come into my life. Change me and make me that the things that you have planned for me, the fullness of life that I should have, that I would have it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your power. And let me do those things that are pleasing to you, Lord God, and are, are a blessing to others. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Love you. Once again, share this with others. And uh, uh, just to, so they can have a story of the fullness, that, uh, that they can have fullness of life in and through their faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, so share it with someone else that doesn't know the Lord. And um, I want you... I want you to have um, the blessing and the favor of God upon you as you walk by faith in the one that loved you and gave himself for you. God bless, and we will catch you next time. Uh, love you all, praying for you, and um, the Lord loves you. Have a great night. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.